at church, or at home, if you're struggling to hear, we can help. Call EBA Hearing and Sound today, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need to gear up for the hunt and the sale flyer in this week's Country Bounty. Save 25% on Rustic Ridge Camel clothing. Get a $50 gift card free with your purchase of any crispy boots. Trail cams, hunting packs, coolers, rifles, bows. The flyer of this week's Country Bounty is loaded with savings on everything you need to get outside. Sportsman's Warehouse, guaranteed lowest prices or they'll beat it. Open seven days a week on Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Summer is in full swing at Hammer Chevrolet, Dick Hammer. Bob, let's get you going this summer in the 2020 Chevrolet Traverse High Country all-wheel drive. Satin steel metallic exterior and jet black interior. It comes with second row captain's chair and 3.6 liter V6 gets up to 25 miles per gallon on the highway. It's only priced at $52,195. Get your summer on Hammer Chevrolet, 107 East Townsend. Go online, hammerchevy.com. The Sports Stop's month-long 45th birthday party is going strong. That's right. We've had a great start. We are offering drawings up to $500 every week in July, plus an ever-changing blowout sale rack. Stop in daily for a chance to win great prizes, plus birthday treats and fun and games. Thank you, Sheridan, from the Sports Stop for 45 years serving this community in beautiful, historic downtown Sheridan. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome back to, or excuse me, welcome to Public Pulse. Now, after responding to many calls, and a capture attempt, wildlife managers had to euthanize a blonde-colored black bear in the Story area just on July 4th. This bear received multiple food awards, including trash, bird feed, and more than one resident actually witnessed or captured on security camera footage the bear on their porch and because it had repeatedly accessed attractants for many days the decision was ultimately made to euthanize the animal rather than relocate it. Joining me this morning to talk about ways that we can keep bears away from our property and prevent a tragedy like this from happening or having to take place is Wyoming Game and Fish Public Information Specialist, Christina Schmidt. Good morning, Christina. How good are morning. you? Good morning. I'm good. Uh, you, you got back from vacation. Uh, it had it had a good time. Had a great time. Good, good. Uh, everyone tries to get it in before rodeo week. That's one thing that I've noticed. <laughs> everyone tries to get in the vacation before we all, uh, uh, locals get really busy around this time. Very true. Now, you and I have talked about preventing bears from finding a tract in some people's property sure. many times. Sure. It's something that you and I will probably continue to talk about every time uh, the season comes around. Uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you and I once had a conversation about it where you brought up attractants that I didn't even think about, things that are just even outside of my house, like a grill. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, grills smell amazing. We all know that smell when we open up the top of our grill and we get that whiff. It's, and bears can smell that for miles. I mean, it's amazing the power these things have in their nose, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they follow their nose. Uh, like you and I have talked, they're, they're always very hungry, always. Um, they are always searching for calories. They're very smart. They're very strong, obviously. Um, and they can move, you know, great distances looking for food. Uh, and they do. So, uh, you know, it is for those of us that live here and really pretty much all of Sheridan County, all of Sher- uh, Johnson County, 
particularly along the foothills, is good bear habitat, and there will just always be bears in the area. I think people just, uh, you know, especially in the spring, just trying to get back into, oh, okay, I can't leave my trash out, you know, maybe like you did over the winter, or, you know, when you go to set bird feeders out, things like that. Um, You know, I always try to look at it, anything that has a smell and might be worth investigating, you know, for us, we think of food items as certain things, and, and trash might be an obvious one, right? Like all of the trash that comes out of our house, uh, sure, a bear would be attracted to that. But livestock feed, obviously that's not something we would find appealing. Cat food, you know, a lot of people have barn cats or outside cats, put food out there for them. Not something we would find appealing. Very appealing for a bear. So it's really looking kind of critically around your property and what would potentially smell good and be worth investigating uh, to a bear. So lots of different things, um, bird feeders of all sorts. That's a high-calorie food, right? You know, seeds in bird seeds, suet, uh, hummingbird feeders, all of that's really high-calorie good stuff for a bear. Um, and, and I understand people want to feed birds. Um, there are ways to do it. There are ways to do it that it's just not going to be accessible to a bear. Um, you know, hang the feeders high, you know, at least 10 feet off the ground, four feet from the edge of a trunk, uh, tree trunk or pole or something like that. So it's you can set up a little pulley system so you can get it down, fill it, raise it back up, and it's out of the reach of bears. And you can still enjoy the birds, but you're not going to be attracting a bear and potentially providing a food reward. So there are things to do. Uh, like you said, barbecue grills. Um, that's when, you know, just keep it in a garage or a shed or whatnot when you're not using it or clean it really, really well after you're done using it so there's not little bits of meaty goodness left on the grill and that kind of thing. Uh, trash, of course, is the big one. You know, I think I've talked about when I was a kid, I grew up in a big city and I had a bike. I would never leave my bike out overnight, right? You just didn't. Said, yeah, a if neighbor you wanted kid to keep might it, take yeah. off with it. It might not be there in the morning. So, um but we put our trash out. Not a big deal. Now things have flipped. Where I live, I keep my trash in the shed behind a locked door until the morning of trash pickup. Whereas I could leave my bike out for a month in my front yard and it would still be sitting there a month later. So, you know, it's, it's just about where you live. Um, we live with bears. That's just part of it. Um, we, we have bears in our communities um, that just live in the area and move through. And if they are not getting food rewards as they go, they're likely not going to stick around. You know, they won't consider the, your your house like a hunting type of area. Exactly, or a feed exactly. Area. You know, again, as we've talked about in the past, there's you know, bears naturally are want to avoid people. They're scared of people. However, if they start getting food rewards by being near people, the risk reward benefit shifts. Right? You know, it's it's not so risky to be around people because they're going to get some food. They're going to get some calories out of out of being close to people. So um, over time, you know, they then come to see, you know, be comfortable being around people, may seek out people thinking, oh, there's food nearby. So, um, you know, it just changes their behavior. It changes what they would naturally be doing, which is avoiding people to being comfortable around people. And, and then that creates a safety concern. And bears <clears throat> are uh, omnivores. Correct. They'll eat meat. They'll eat seeds. They'll eat plants. Uh, yeah. There's all kinds of things that these. Yeah. I mean, they really opportunists. And I dare say a bit of scavengers as well. If something is left out, if something is around, that's one of their jobs out in the forest is to help keep it clean. And so to think about that, when we think of, you know, even living out uh, out in the country, you know, during uh, certain seasons, you threw maybe a fur or, or something off. Well, that's an attractant as well. I mean, everything that smells good or is a food will attract a bear. And so you just got to keep that in mind as you walk around your property. Can it be eaten? Well, a bear is going to eat it. And, and if it's there each time they return... You're essentially training the bear. This is where you come to eat. And then you're also, you know, if the bear sees you, that's association, human, food. There's going to be food around this animal that I'm seeing out in the middle of the forest. And so they're going to follow you home. Uh, And it's just a slow process. And eventually, even through relocation, some of these bears have already made that association. 
And so they start to look for that easy opportunity around a human being. Uh, so they start to actually seek us out. And once they get us found, then it's all over, and the bear has to be euthanized, which is really unfortunate. It, it is an awful thing. Um, it, is, it is the worst, worst thing. Um, em, employees hate doing this. It, it's a terrible thing. It really is just awful. So um, there are good ways to avoid I mean, it, it, you know, it, and we're not certainly the only place that did, you know, all over the country in places where bears live. This you is, know, yeah. uh, there are sometimes conflicts with bears and people, but we know that there are things that people can do to lessen these conflicts, prevent these conflicts. Uh, relocation is the preferred option if we can do it. Um, no one wants to kill a bear. So, um, you know, anytime there's a call, a warden or biologist responds, they go, they visit with people, try to get information, what's been going on, visit with neighbors, have they had problems. Um, you know, the the best situation is if, if someone has a problem, call us right away. You know, if we can uh, respond, potentially trap, relocate that bear before the behavior has become what we call food condition, you know, where they are, you know, Again, that process of being more and more comfortable around people. If if we can, you know, get that bear, try and relocate it, get it on natural food again, that's a success. Uh, but it's definitely more successful if if we can get to it early and 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 nip the problem in the bud, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So if you know, that's why we encourage people. If you have a bear, you think you have a bear in the area that has gotten into something. Um, obviously, first thing, secure everything that might be an attractant visit with your neighbors ask them to secure their attractants if, if anything's out um you know it really is something that everyone needs to be involved in um, and, and, and give like, us a call right away yeah it, it first first sign i mean yep. i i think i would call the very first sign i walked out there number one i don't want a bear on the property uh, a lot of these individuals up here have animals of some sort you know and you don't need a bear i'm getting into that uh and and just by walking around talking to your neighbors, they're going to probably say the same thing. Yeah, I've seen it, whatever. So the sooner the better. That way the conditioning doesn't take, like you said. Mm -hmm. And then after that, hopefully, once it gets relocated, you can just get back into the natural process of doing things. And it's one of those situations we have to deal with because we chose to live in this beautiful area. And it's just part of life here, uh, dealing with predators. Now, you guys held a couple classes mm -hmm. uh, about dealing with predators, living in a uh, predator area. Uh, were those well attended this year? Uh, yeah. So, actually, I was on vacation, oh, and I missed okay. them, but I was told that, yes, uh, we definitely had people attend. Uh, so, there was one in Story and one in Dayton. Um, we had one not last year, but the year before in Sheridan and Story, and those were very well attended. And, uh, it, you know, it's just a great opportunity. We work very hard to educate people, like you said. Um, you know, there's quite a few folks who are new to our community who may not be aware. Right. But, Moved up oh, here. there's bears uh, yep. here, and, and what should I do? So, uh, you know, we try to offer these, you know, every other year or so, and we have for many years. Um, these have been going on for many years, and they're called Living in Bear and Lion Country Workshops. And basically we present information and then – answer people's questions, you know, hey, what should I do in an encounter or, you know, how can I secure things? Um, you know, a, a one new thing that we've added in the past few years to these workshops is how to secure backyard domestics, um, you know, uh, people keeping backyard chickens, uh, keeping backyard beehives, uh, small goats, things like that, which is great. But you then have to keep in mind, oh, okay, so potentially those animals, certainly a beehive, um, potentially those animals then are going to be an attractant for a bear and all the food, you know, again, poultry feed, not something we would eat, but it's something a bear would, would very definitely find attractive. So, you know, what are some ways, you know, electric fencing is very effective in protecting things like that, uh, beehives and, and again, your, your backyard domestics. So, uh, we try to provide a lot of information for folks, Allow them to ask questions, say, here's what I've got at my place. How can I do this? Um, and, and for folks who missed it, we have a great website, BearWise, on our website. There's another one called BearWise.org. And those two places offer lots and lots of information, not just living 
in bear country, but um, also for our visitors that come here, you know, folks who may be camping, hiking up the Bighorns, there's information on, you know, hey, if you're going to be camping or hiking or fishing or hunting in bear country, here's some things that you can do to prevent conflict. So there is a tremendous amount of information out there, really good information. And and we know these things work um, when people do, um, when everyone's doing things right and Securing attractants, thinking about Ooh, what might bring a bear in, um, and getting all that secured, it, it really does work. And they've got products out there that you can take camping with you that help prevent bears from getting into your stuff. Uh, my wife and I went camping uh, this summer, and I didn't even think about it till we got out there. But our location was black bear country, so mm-hmm. I thought, man, that... <laughs> That would not be the best of mornings to walk out and find a bear eating the bacon that I planned on eating the night before. So we just kept everything in the trunk of the car. Yeah, And I know that seems, you know, and the walk to the campsite was a bit of a hike. So it was kind of inconvenient. So I thought, you know what, this next year I got to figure out how the heck I'm going to store our food when we go camping so I don't have to make this hike every single time we want a snack. And uh, there are products, and there's uh, websites out there, BearWise. Uh, and all you got to do is just jump on the Wyoming Game and Fish Department website, and you can find that. Euthanizing is an absolute last resort. It's not something that anybody likes to do. Uh, we are technically in their territory and not vice versa. So now let's uh, let's switch subjects on here real quick, and let's talk about some leftover licenses. Uh, there's still some hunting licenses out there that we can get a hold of. Yeah, uh, they went on sale this morning at 8 a.m. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, like most folks know, we have, um, at least for residents, non-residents is a different system, but for residents, uh, we had... Uh, you know, January through May was the application period. They had the first draw mid-June. There were some left over. They do a second draw. People can apply for those. Um, they did a second draw. So where we're at now is uh, general tags go on sale today as well as anything that was left over from those first two draws. Uh, you can purchase those online or at our office or any licensed selling agent. You can actually get online and see what's available by species. Uh, what's left over, you know, statewide. Uh, One thing I know for sure is there are no pronghorn licenses, antelope licenses left anywhere in the state. Not getting a prairie goat this year if you don't have your license. if you did not get one, uh, there are no leftovers, so there are no um, antelope licenses left over. There are some in our region, cow-calf, elk, dauphin, deer licenses. The only thing we, we do caution folks on is, a lot of these that end up in the leftover are in areas that have certain restrictions, either, you know, geographic re- restrictions like, uh, you know, only, you know, in this portion of the hunt area or some are valid only on private land. So what we caution folks is make sure you have somewhere lined up to hunt. Um, you know, if it's a private land only restriction on that license, make sure you have somewhere to go before you buy the license yeah, rather than buy the license and money. try to go find somewhere. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, for folks who live around here, you may know someone who would let you hunt, that kind of thing. Then for, for sure, do you know, do a little investigating, make sure you get that that access secured before you purchase the license. Um, yeah, and and those are updated in real time, so you can get on and see, you know, there's 234 or there's 186 or, or whatever. Um, so it's really helpful, but if you go online and click on the Apply or Buy tab, it'll take you right to it, and you can check quota. And this is probably one of the last opportunities that we'll have this year to get a license. Am I correct? Well, so the the, the leftovers, um, like I said, the leftovers, there's a quota and there's so many that are left. And when those are gone, they're gone. Uh, but there are also some areas of the state where you can pick up a general license. And, and those are, will be available, you know, through the rest of hunting season. Okay. And then to get those, just head on down to your local game and fish office and, and yep, pick them up Yep. You can go to the game and fish office. Um, like I said, you can do these online. You can go to a licensed selling agent as well. So lots of places to pick them up for sure. All right. When we return, we're going to continue with our Wyoming game and fish department. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. 
Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Hi, this is Chuck Holloway. I recently retired from the Sheridan College Ag Department after 28 years. With nearly three decades in the classroom, the students you remember truly did stand out. Brandon Masters is definitely in that category. He was a dedicated and thoughtful student. These qualities have carried Brandon up through the ranks of law enforcement as well as in the Wyoming National Guard. That's why I'm supporting Brandon Masters for Sheridan County Sheriff. Paid for by Brandon Masters for Sheriff. Okay, it's Wednesday, July 13th, and this Wyo Rodeo Daily Update is brought to you by Wyoming Corporate Office, providing premier registered agent services, mail forwarding, and virtual office space. It's Kids Night at the 91st year of the Wyo Rodeo's PRCA Rodeo Performance. From bucking bronze to bull riding to rodeo clowns, tonight they kick off four nights of PRCA Rodeo Action. The pre-rodeo entertainment starts at 6.30 p.m. The World Championship Indian Relay Races will have you on your feet cheering for your favorite at 7 p.m., followed by the 91st year of the Wyo Rodeo itself. Parking is available at the fairgrounds property and on the adjacent streets. Free remote parking available at the Sheridan High School parking lot with complimentary trolley service to the fairgrounds. And this Wyo Rodeo Daily Update is brought to you by Wyoming Corporate Office, providing premier registered agent services, mail forwarding, and virtual office space. McDonald's restaurants in Sheridan and Buffalo are currently looking to fill part-time and full-time positions. The benefits include pay of up to $15 per hour. And even better, you can work today and get paid tomorrow. Benefits include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. If part-time works better, there are a variety of part-time positions that are extremely flexible. Apply today in person. McDonald's in Sheridan and Buffalo. The election boundaries have been redrawn to comply with 2022 legislation, and these changes may have affected your voting precinct, polling place, House and Senate districts, or school district. If you received a blue card in the mail, please check it for changes that have affected you. If you have moved or have questions, don't wait until the August 16th primary election to ask. Call the Sheridan County Election Office today at 674-2515. That's 674-2515. Or email elections at sheridancountywy.gov. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Elias and Financial. This morning, I am with Wyoming Game and Fish Public Information Specialist, Christina Schmidt. Now, Christina, you and I were talking offline. We've been discussing bears this morning and the prevention, and uh, you were telling me a little bit of a story about how they test that equipment before they sell it to us, the bear-proof stuff. How do you know it's bear-proof? Oh, so um, there are websites you can go to look at that say that these have been tested. And and like I was telling you, um, I had written a story a few years ago for uh, our department magazine about how they do testing. And so um, a lot of companies send their products to the uh, Grizzly and Wolf Discovery Center in West Yellowstone where they have some captive grizzly bears and uh, I visited with the man who kind of runs the program and basically companies you know if they have a new cooler a new design on a cooler or or bear proof um, you know containers of various sorts they will send them there and and the gentleman who runs this says I know all the favorite foods of these bears and I put all their favorites in it and you know to really make it enticing and and they really want to work to get in there and they will take photos and videos and watch, you know, these bears over, you know, a certain amount of time trying to get in, trying to get in, trying to get in. And if they don't, you know, then they can, you know, get labeled you know, bear resistant is what they call it. Never totally bear proof, sort of like deer proof right, vegetation, yeah. you know, they're hungry enough. They'll eat it. So we use the word resistant. Um but then if they do get into it, you know, the companies can look and see, okay, where was the weak spot on this? How how were they able to get in here and there? So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's that pretty interesting. I think, fascinating. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there's there's videos online you can look at and watch these bears just really, you know, and it gives you a new appreciation for 
how determined they are to get oh, in yeah. to these things and and um you know how resistant something really needs to be you know like with trash cans people say oh you know i put the lid on really tight and i put a bungee cord on it or or you know whatever it's like man when you watch these fairs in action and see all they're really working hard to get in and it has to be really solid to yeah. keep them out. It has to be really solid. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a pretty interesting process that they do, you know, at least for some products, they will test those that way. So. Oh, well, it appears that I've actually got a caller, Christine. If you want to throw those earphones on for me real quick, we will uh, join our caller in just two seconds here. All right, caller, can you hear me all right? I can. Okay. Hi. Good morning. Everybody hears everybody. Hey, I got a question, a couple questions for Christina. First, on uh, on bears, um, do we have a lack of hunters in that area, or is that something that we're looking to to rectify that issue? Is allowing more hunters in that area? I know the story is really populated with with bear. You know, so I just wondered if. Yeah, you you might be familiar with how our season runs. We do have a spring bear season and a fall bear season. And Correct. we actually have a large carnivore biologist crew that um, takes into a, a account uh, population models and, and all of that. And, and we actually set a quota. And when that quota is reached, the season closes. Um, and Right, and I know that's all dependent upon sows that are harvested. Correct, correct, um, yep. Yep, female mortality. But is, do you guys have a, a record then of who or what our troubled bears are? Are they more the male? Are they the boars or the sows? Or You know, I haven't looked at that specifically. Um, it seems young bears, I think. You know, they're exploring a little more adventurous looking. Seeking new land. Seeking new land. So, you know, I, I guess, so I'm not the biologist, but, but from what I've picked up, um, it looks like certainly younger ones um, may explore more, may have the, the possibility to, to have, you know, some more interactions with people. Um, Male and female, I, you know, just off the top of my head, um, it seems like sometimes I see males mentioned more than females, but um, I, I don't know that that's, you know, a statistically valid anything, you know, right, males more, right. more so than females. But, but just thinking about it right, right at the just moment. Just thinking off the top sounds, of my head, for sure, it seems that like, would, that would seems like sense, younger ones. Right? Yeah, it seems like younger ones um, are, are ones that just, you know, they're learning, especially when they get kicked off from mom the first year they're trying to learn how to be a bear they're yeah. <laughs> you know they're they're out exploring and and sometimes that brings them into our path for sure and i'm sure they're they're seeking out new ground that they can call their own correct uh, you know yeah. and well mom and pop whoever he was have kind of controlled this area so i'm going to head north mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or or what have you all right yeah did you have a second question yeah uh, other than does it are, are do they use or or think of of uh, controlling bears through harvesting them instead of the euthanization process that seems to be um, more common now? And I know we have trouble bears, and when it's outside of the season, that makes it difficult. I'm just wondering if we could regulate that through, you know, raising the amount of harvest, at least in those certain areas where our troubled areas are. You know, that's a good question. Um, certainly the large carnivore team, I think, takes that into account. Um, and, um, you know, we do have season setting and certainly would encourage, you know, when we have these meetings for folks to come and, and visit about that and ask those questions to the folks who, who actually set those seasons. Yeah, the biologists. The, the biologists, don't they? Yeah, but, um, okay. you know, during the season, like you said, you know, there certainly is the possibility if someone is, if, if someone is having an issue, they certainly always have the option during an open season to go purchase a license. Absolutely. Okay. One more question uh, about permits. Um, I had called Cheyenne after I had received a phone call from a person in Wisconsin <clears throat> who received my animal permit. And they, when I spoke with Cheyenne, they said that there was a changeover with the system on addresses and applicants. And my animal permit ended up in a small town in Wisconsin to a gentleman with the exact same name as me, and 
called me and said they had my antelope permit. So I called Cheyenne and asked, what what do we do with this? And they just said, well, ask and see if they'll send it to you or send it back to the Game and Fish, and they would forward it on to me. Well, I'm still waiting on two other permits that I was successful in drawing and haven't received those yet either. Do you know what they're doing to try to get permits to individuals who were successful and are, are still waiting? They did say it was a handful of people that it affected, but I think I am in the middle of that handful and waiting for my permits. Sure, yeah, um, that is unusual. So certainly, I yeah, that would be unusual. So let me tell you this. Why don't you give a call to me at the office and in Sheridan? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So the office number for anyone who needs it is six seven two seven four one eight. And certainly give a call. Um, I'll be around today. I'm out of the office tomorrow. I'm around the rest of the day today, all day Friday. Give me a call. You and I can visit. I'll get your name, all that information. I'll make some calls and see where. Try and track down yourself because we'll that see is where un- these are. Yeah, that is unusual, and definitely we want to try to <laughs> try to get those to you as quick as possible. So, give me a call. I will work on it for you. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you much. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the call. Uh, now, real quick, Christina, I've, I've basically I've run out of time, but I just want you to uh, go over real fast the fire bans that are going to be taking place. Sure. Yeah. So this um, is just coming out. Uh, Johnson County uh, has implemented a fire ban. I do believe that is effective immediately. Crook County has implemented a fire ban in their county um, that takes effect uh, at 8 a.m. on July 22nd, so coming up pretty quick. With that being said, we tend to follow suit when a county um, implements a fire ban. And so for game and fish owned or administered properties, we do have a fire ban now for Johnson and Crook counties um, following their timelines. So uh, Johnson County in effect now, um, Crook County starting here in a few days. And so this is going to affect places like Bud Love, Edo Taylor, uh, Sand Creek, Wildlife Habitat Management Area in Crook County. And uh, yeah, just looking, you know, we tend to have a fire ban at some point most summers, you know, when it starts to get to that really kind of critical stage where fires are going to be a real hazard. And and like most people know, these habitat management areas, these, these big ones we purchased years and years ago for winter range for big game. And a fire on these would be pretty catastrophic oh, for yeah. the animals come winter. So we, we try to be very, very careful with these properties and make sure that um, we're protecting that forage. Uh, so that's why these fire bans go into into effect. So um, we'll be sending out a press release on that. There will be signs at all of these places so folks are aware that, that the bans are in place. And if you're curious, before you leave, whether or not an area is under a fire ban, Google the the county website, and that that should let you know right away. And if the county's following a fire ban, more than likely all Wyoming Game and Fish Department administered land will be under that fire ban as well. Yeah. All right, Christina, thank you so much for coming in this morning, uh, and thank you for answering all the questions. That's absolutely great. Thanks for having me. All right, when we return, we're going to speak with the Wyoming State Historic Site Superintendent Sherry Shada. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE. 103.9 FM. Sherry. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, Visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Form or learn how to process your own meat? Would you like to learn American Sign Language or study different styles of yoga? Sheridan College is offering community interest classes to provide unique learning experiences that will feed your curiosity in a wide variety of subjects such as art, technology, outdoor, and cultural topics. Begin tailoring your education to your hobbies by visiting www.sheridan.edu slash community. Using our easy online form to enroll or call an advisor today at 307-675-0500. Hi, this is Patrick from Harker Mellinger. 
Manager. Our advisory services are designed for entrepreneurs and small business owners so you can focus on your business. Our relationship is customized for what you want and need to ensure your business is as efficient as it should be. We will evaluate your business and provide solutions you will benefit from. We will coach you through each step of the process from start to finish. Contact us today, Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. Darlene, the staff at Best Out West Antiques and Collectibles wants you to know distracted driving is one of the biggest causes of auto accidents nationwide. Do your part to keep your kids safe this summer. Keep your eyes on the road and hands on the wheel. Best Out West Antiques and Collectibles, shopping is so much fun at Best Out West. They have a great selection of antiques and gift ideas for any occasion. Visit Best Out West Antiques and Collectibles Rodeo Week and remember to drive safely. Shop the Cowboy Cash Western Market at the Ramada Plaza during Rodeo Week. Modeled after Cowboy Christmas at the NFR, Cowboy Cash is a shopping extravaganza. Western wear, hats, boots, jewelry, art, home decor, and more. Featuring vendors from all over. Find the perfect outfit. Shop for gifts and home decor. The Cowboy Cash Western Market will be open daily at the Ramada Plaza in Sheridan from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. July 13th through the 16th. The week of Sheridan's Y.O. Rodeo. If we don't abide by the Constitution when it is politically inconvenient, then we will not have the Constitution as our shield when we need to defend our First Amendment rights and our Second Amendment rights. I'm voting for Liz Cheney because she believes in the Constitution, and this is what our country was built on. And we need somebody like Liz who will fight for democracy, fight for our Constitution. She's doing what's right. She's standing up for our constitutional rights. I really support and hope that you'll vote with me for Liz Cheney. I'm Liz Cheney, and I approve this message. Paid for by Liz Cheney for Wyoming. Good morning, and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and for the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by Wyoming State Historic Site Superintendent Sherry Shada. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. Now, I, I, I've decided, I call her the Wyoming State Historic Site Superintendent, and I don't tell you where because it's pretty much all of them <laughs> in our region. You are the site superintendent. Will you inform our our listeners on all the different locations that you currently manage? Sure. So I am at Trail End State Historic Site in Sheridan, and along with that, we manage the care of the LX Bar Ranch State Historic Site because uh, it's an associated property. John Kendrick built our mansion. He also owned this ranch. And while it's not open to the public yet, we still manage it and make sure the site is intact so we can hopefully open it up for the public to visit. Now I also have Fort Phil Kearney State Historic Site, and along with that comes two battlefield sites, the Wagon Box Battle and the Fetterman Battle, or the Battle of Hundred in the Hand. We also have Connor Battlefield Campground in Ranchester. So many great sites. Uh, you know, I didn't know that Fort Phil Kearney, or the history of Fort Phil Kearney, until I was about 27 years old. And, you know, I was born here, uh, you know, in Wyoming. I was born over in Star Valley, and I just felt like, wow, this huge piece, huge piece of Western history happened right here. I'm standing in the spot where this occurred. And and I, I suddenly felt this great connection with my state and the history of it. And uh, I was fortunate. I was there with a colonel, and he had me read out all the stuff that happened. And so I really got to know the history. And it's just a great site. Is it a handful <laughs> to manage all of these sites? I mean, you've you, you got to have a busy day. Yes, of course. Um, there's lots to do everywhere, but thankfully we have a lot of employees who help us. The people who are there at the front desk to greet our visitors and answer all their questions. Um, our maintenance people who keep the areas looking nice. Our volunteers who come in for special events. There's a multitude of people who help keep these sites running. So Fort Phil Kearney in the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it close at all? Yes, both Traylon and the fort close during the winter months. Um, we just don't get the visitation to support having somebody there all the time. It's very slow. Weather prevents people from getting to these places sometimes. So that's a good 
excuse me, chance to um, refresh our exhibits, do deep cleaning, maintenance projects, things like that. So people are still working at these Absolutely. Sites. They're not completely sealed up in the No, lab. no, we're there year-round. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, the ranch, what goes on out there? I mean, obviously, is it a working ranch, or is it just a site that you guys are preparing? Yeah, so it was one of John Kendrick's 10 ranches that he had. It was built at the same time as Trail End, and it's on the wrong side of the Powder River, so the county road doesn't reach it. You have to cross private land to get to it. Uh. And so it really hasn't been a working ranch since I think about the 1960s. Oh, wow. Yes. And so somebody who bought the property, all the ranches were sold in the 80s. Somebody who bought this property donated it to us so we could take care of it. And if we can get people there, get a bridge built across the Powder River, um, we can get the public there and they can see how a working ranch was uh, in the early 1900s. And obviously, you've been out there more than a few times. Yes. Uh, what What is like the house like is it still uh, pretty historically yeah. accurate or all the nobody updated it through the years no um, really they didn't have running water they eventually had telephone service but they uh irrigated from the river and then they had a well for their water the main house all the buildings are stone the main house has five bedrooms all with porch accesses um there's a kitchen a pantry a big living and dining room area and a bathroom where there's a drain there. So it looks like they had a tub. They could haul the water in, but then drain it out. There's also a full basement underneath of it. Holy cow. Yeah. That would be really cool to walk through there and kind of see how the ranch functioned back in the day. Yes, absolutely. And how something like a drain inside was an absolute technical marvel. Right. How cool is that? You know, to be able to look back on that and say, yeah, there's a drain in that house. Yeah. You watch yourself. That's, that's, (laughs) we're really coming up in the world. Let's talk about some summer events. Tell me about the summer evening on the lawn. Yes. So on Wednesday, July 27th from 6 to 8 p.m., we have um, the museum open for extended hours. It's totally free. This is the eighth year we've done this, is, and this is our big thank you to the public for supporting us. So you can come, bring a picnic, hang out on the lawn, take a tour of the museum, hear live music. Um, we have some antique cars that are coming up that you can look at. And then we'll have badminton and croquet set up. Those are things, um, games that people played 100 years ago. And then our friends group will also be serving refreshments. No lawn darts. No lawn darts. (laughs) In the 80s, man, everyone had a set of lawn darts. I don't know why. A craze swept the nation. But I found a, a set of lawn darts in just about uh, every every lawn that I visited the family. And now, um, I want to attend one of these one day, um, yeah. because this this just sounds so fun to be a part of. Tell me about the murder at the mansion coming yes. up. Yes. So, um, Murder at the Mansion is our murder mystery fundraiser, and it is on Friday and Saturday, August 12th and 13th in the evening, and tickets go on sale uh, next Tuesday, July 19th, and everybody gets a part to play. So, this year we are headed to the Caribbean, and our theme is, uh, it's a resort theme, so a murder is going to happen here, and you've got your your rich people who've come to vacation there, your movie stars, the surfers, all the managers of of these people <laughs> they're surfing in movie careers, and then they have the bar owner and the waitresses, and, and so when you buy a ticket for this event, you're getting a character. You get to pick who you want to play, and you get background information and, um, you know, ideas for how to dress. We don't provide the costumes. Ticket holders do that themselves. But, um, uh, yeah, everybody gets a part to play, and it's a really fun evening. And we're only selling 25 tickets for each night. Wow. So there's no duplicate characters. Every part is unique. Now, 25 tickets. We've got – and what is the time period that we're set in? Are we looking uh, at – Modern old, day. Modern day. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so it's – okay. It is. So we're not reaching back into the 40s or the we're 50s. We're not. We're yeah. not going noir. No. <laughs> I mean, you could. I think 1940s resort wear is really fun. Right. I think that would be <laughs> awesome. Just gives you an excuse to put the old suit on. Right. right? <laughs> now, how does it all work? Uh, we get our part. Uh-huh. We can – I don't know. 
portray this character as much or as little as we want, mm-hmm. or, or you buy the ticket. You know what you're getting into here. Exactly. You have information on your character and the other people coming, and then when you show up that night, you get um, more information, like uh, here are the things you know so far, here are the people you need to go talk to, or if anybody asks you this, this is what you should tell them. And all these parts are woven together so that if you talk to all the right people and the right clues are given out, by the end you should be able to guess who done it. So you you have your first act, and then the murder happens, and then after that, the murderer finds out that they're the killer. They don't even know. <laughs> they don't even know. They don't even know. Surprise. And um, and then what what you should do for the last half, and then at the end, everybody gets to guess. Well, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, what what is included in all of this? Uh, I buy a ticket. I head up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have dining, drinks, anything? We've got refreshments provided, some desserts, and um, uh, water and lemonade. But also, by donation, you can get uh, beer, wine, and some mocktails that we are going to make. So they won't. the mocktails won't have alcohol, but they will be festive, um, tropical-themed drinks. <laughs> Drinking out of a coconut. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I thought about it. (laughs) Now, uh, when does this go down? So this is August 12th and 13th. You have to buy a ticket in advance, and tickets go on sale Tuesday next week, uh, July 19th. Now, this sounds like a pretty good time, and there's only 50 tickets in total Total. being sold for two different shows. Correct. Uh, So this will prevent overlapping. Now, in the past, does everybody really uh, kind of fit into their roles really well and everyone played along real? Yes, and it's so much fun when people get really dramatic. Um, (laughs) It kind of gives other people permission and encouragement to be dramatic as well, and it just makes everything more fun. See, and that's the thing. It just, you know what? Own it. Yeah, absolutely. Own the part, you know, and and that's why you're there. That's why everybody else is there, and we're all going to get embarrassed together. (laughs) You know, we're doing it. Nobody's (laughs) judging anybody. We're here to be embarrassed together. Yeah. Now, uh, this sounds like a really, really fun uh, event. I said before, you know, I'm going to attend one of these, and um, there's something happening today up at the trail and in the front lawn. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Our educational uh, interpretive ranger is putting on a program today. It actually starts in a few minutes at 10 o'clock. You can catch it again at 2. But she is doing a program about um, games for kids, for adults, uh, what they, what the Kendricks played, what we can play today. So if you stop by at 10 or 2, you can hear a half-hour presentation about this. But she'll also have the game set up on the front lawn for people to just wander by and play. So we've got um, a giant um, game of sorry set up with humongous pieces and um, Parcheesi and checkers and blocks that little kids can build with so people of all ages can find something to do. Awesome. Now, And this is free? Yeah, totally free. We just head free. up there and, and have a good time. It sounds Absolutely. like something really good to take the kids to. Yeah. yeah head yeah. up there and kind of have them, you know, learn some old-timey games. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in in old westerns, wasn't there always a kid running down Main Street with a stick and he's like smacking a hoop or something? <laughs> Am yeah. I, I, I? Do you remember yes, that? That's a, yeah, that was something people played in the 1860s. Was that the point of yeah, the game? Yeah, try and keep the – you could race with other people, um, but it's kind of tricky to keep your hoop rolling when you only have a stick to push it. And that was the game itself. Yeah. You just yeah. – I'm going to go roll my hoop. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey! it was the Old West. There wasn't a whole lot to do out here. Uh, now, there is a servant's tour on July 19th. What does this involve? Yeah, so this is included with your regular museum admission, but um, we would like you to sign up ahead of time because spots are limited. It's a 45-minute tour that takes you through the servant's day at Trail End. So you start at the back stairs. You only go to the areas where servants would have worked. Um, Our educator is interviewing somebody who was a servant there when she was 14. Oh, wow. And, um, And that really just adds more... It makes it more personal. Absolutely. So, yeah, so just looking at the mansion through a different perspective. Which I, I find fascinating. They're the ones that kept it all going. Yeah. You know, I can remember taking a couple history classes, and they used to talk about how, you know, the masters very rarely could have kept the plantation or kept the house going because it was the servant who knew everything that was going down in that place. 
uh, even what the master was doing. And sometimes it wasn't always good things. Now, um, Sherry, I want to say one more time. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but Fort Phil Kearney, it's out there. If you haven't visited this site, folks, head out there. Uh, is there What's going on out there this year? Yeah, next Monday on, well, two mon- in two weeks, July 25th at 1 and 3, there will be a half-hour program about um, packing, how to pack a saddle. If you've ever, if you've never had to depend on a horse as your only mode of transportation, maybe you don't realize how much your saddle can do for you or did for people. So someone will be demonstrating on real horses out there um, the prep work that soldiers and civilians went through when and they were traveling. And that's, you know, I watched my father pack his, his mules for years. And that's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, and, and dad was only going up for maybe a week, two weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine heading out there to the Old West and you don't know if or when you were going to come back? Uh, so head on out there, folks. Get some education. Check this out. You know, our lives have become a lot easier than they used to be. And uh, it's good to uh, reflect on these kinds of things, that this is how you got your stuff to town. Sherry, I want to thank you so much for coming in today, taking the time, and uh, best of luck in all these programs coming up. Thank you. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sherry. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Sports in the world, and yet riding and roving a bull is entertaining. Brace your backbone and forget your wishbone, though. If you do pull a muscle or break a bone, Sheridan Orthopedics doctors are ready to help with a wide range of services that include treatment of complex sports injuries by surgeons specifically certified in orthopedic sports medicine. Let the experts in sports medicine get you back in the saddle. Sheridan Orthopedic Associates. Visit SheridanOrtho.com for more info. This is Renee Botton. I'm running for re-election as Sheridan County Clerk of District Court. By now, you may have seen that my opponent is running negative ads against me. Now I kind of know how President Trump felt. I can assure you that the District Court Clerk's Office is being run competently, efficiently, and correctly. My opponent is hoping to pull you away from the truth. The best process, the best service, the best value, all from Advantage Gold. 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Call Advantage Gold today. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Mike Gallagher. Ready for a change of scenery in the new year? The best place to start is your own home. If you haven't tried Blinds.com, now's the time to start the year fresh with new window treatments at a great low price. Save on everything at Blinds.com, including blinds, shades, interior shutters, and even outdoor shades. Whether you're looking for blackout shades or that perfect glow, choose from a beautiful array of options customized just for your home. It's easy to order online with free shipping and a guaranteed perfect fit. Whether you DIY or have them handle the install from start to finish. Do not wait to save. Enjoy a brand new view all year long and turn your dream home into a reality. Visit Blinds.com now to save on the New Year's easiest home improvement project. Plus, pay over 24 months at 0% APR on qualifying purchases with PayPal Credit Easy Payments through January 31st, 2021. As of September 1st, 2020, new PayPal credit accounts have a variable purchase APR of 23.99% that will vary with the market based on the primary. Minimum interest charge is $2. Subject to credit approval. Visit Blinds.com slash PayPal for details.